Now, Caesarea Philippi was a region completely outside of Galilee in the territory of Tetrarch Philip, the son of Herod the Great. And in very ancient times, it was called Bolinus because it was a major center of worship for Baal. And also as Paneus because it was thought to be the birthplace of the Greek god Pan. Now, in a hillside near where Jesus and his disciples were walking was a cave, out of which came a spring, which is believed to be the beginning of the Jordan River. And atop the hillside where they were standing was a white marble temple built by Philip to honor the godhead of Caesar, the Roman emperor who many considered to be a god. It was against this backdrop that while traveling with his disciples, Jesus asked them, who do people say that I am? His teaching with authority, his miracles of healing the sick and resuscitating the dead, feeding thousands with virtually nothing, led many people to think that he might be John the Baptist or Elijah or maybe one of the other prophets come back to life. And after his disciples told him this, Peter answered in response to Jesus' question, you are the Christ. This got me thinking about what kind of responses we might get if we ask people today who they think Jesus is. And based on what I see in movies and magazines and websites, I imagine we'd get a whole range of answers. Some might be, he's a good person. Others might say, he's a great moral teacher. And so others, he's a prophet. Christians might say, he is the son of God. Or maybe even, he is the Lord. And these are all good answers by themselves, but the most important question that we can ask is, who do I say that he is? Who do I say Jesus is? Let that question roll around in your heads for a few minutes. Who is Jesus to me? Is he simply a great teacher or a moral person? He was. Was he kind, loving, and caring? Yes. Did he heal people who were sick, dying, maybe even demon-possessed? I believe so. But who is he to me? What does it mean when I ask, who do I say that Jesus is? What I'm really asking is, who do I believe Jesus is? You know, belief is a very special word, which I think we sometimes misunderstand today. What does it mean to believe something? To really believe something? To really believe something so much that it affects your actions? How many of you believe that airplanes, the really big ones, that weigh like 400 tons, actually can fly? Hands? Okay. How many of you are willing to actually get into a seat on one of those and go fly somewhere? Okay, that's the difference between mere mental assent and belief. You can have the knowledge that airplanes you know, are safe to fly in, but that assent only becomes real belief when you go and fly in one. Today's reading from James tells us about the kind of belief that that is. He points out that if we really believe that Jesus is who he say he is, if he's the son of God and savior of the world, if he's my savior and your savior, then that belief will show itself in how we live, how we act, how we speak, how we react to the situations in our lives, and even how we love others. James uses an example. If someone has nothing to wear or food to eat, and we simply tell them, keep warm and eat well, without actually giving them the things that they need, then our belief in Jesus really isn't life-giving. 
James says it a little bit more starkly when he says, it is dead. James isn't telling us that our Christian faith is simply a matter of works or that our works will earn us a ticket into heaven. He's telling us that true belief in Jesus, the kind of belief that is concrete and real, like getting in an airplane and going somewhere, will manifest itself in our lives. If we really believe who Jesus is, the Son of God, what he desires for us, our wholeness and salvation as God's daughters and sons, and his power and his love for us, which is infinite, then that belief will express itself in our very lives. We will be able to live for him, we'll become like him, and our hearts will become more like his. So much so that we will reach out to others to tell them about him, despite the cost to ourselves. This weekend, we remember many who truly believed in the sanctity of human life and their responsibility to help others. 20 years ago this weekend, many men and women willingly gave their lives out of love and service to their neighbors at the site of the World Trade Center in New York City and in a field outside of Shanksville, Pennsylvania. And despite the cost to themselves, they put their lives on the line and went into action to come to the aid of their brothers and sisters around them First responders, co-workers in those buildings, and even strangers on a flight willingly took up their crosses and denied themselves to save others. In much the same way that Jesus reminds us today in today's gospel that we too are called to take up our crosses and deny ourselves to bring him to those who do not know him and even to those who have rejected him. You know, there's something I've always had a hard time understanding why people reject Jesus. You know, the one who set aside his glory in heaven, was incarnate, walked among us, so he could show us how much he loves us and wants to make us fully human again, whole, complete, so we can live with him now, here in this world, but also in the world to come. But that wholeness calls us to set aside anything in our lives which keeps, keeps us from complete union with him. Not everyone's willing to do that. Admit it. Isn't there something in our lives, each one of us, which if Jesus asked us to set it aside so that we could be more fully in union with him, that we might hesitate and maybe even turn away from him briefly? Like when Jesus invited that rich young ruler to set aside his wealth to walk with him. Don't we know in the deepest recesses of our hearts that there exists a moral order woven into the very fabric of the universe, which when followed makes us more like who God created us to be, but when broken, breaks us instead. Those who aren't ready to set aside those things and those who aren't ready to accept that truth that is a, an objective moral order, that it exists, sometimes finds it easier to deny our message and even in some cases to lash out at us. And if we're honest with ourselves, we must admit that we find being lashed out at by others or excluded or being unliked because of our message is uncomfortable and something that we try to avoid, right? We don't want to find ourselves ending up like that man in today's first reading from Isaiah, a man who was beaten, buffeted, spit upon, disgraced, and opposed. But fortunately in our society, we don't quite face that same level of opposition. The opposition we mostly face is being canceled or maybe unfriended on social media. But how did that man in today's first reading respond? Did he run away? Mm -mm. 
and says he did not rebel. Instead, he gave his back, offered his cheeks, set his face like flint. Why? Because he believed. You know that kind of belief that lets you get onto an airplane? He knew that God would have his back, that he would not be put to shame or disgraced, that God himself was his help. I have to admit, there are times in my own life when my actions do not coincide with my belief, when my actions seem to have a form of amnesia about who I believe Jesus to be, and because of that, I sometimes fail to be like him to others. I'll bet each one of us here can relate to that, right? Sometimes life can throw things at us which make our actions not match our belief. Today's responsorial psalm reminds us that even in those times, God has our backs as well. It reminds us that God is gracious, he is just, and he keeps safe the little ones of faith, and he frees our souls from death. This brings me back to the question that Jesus asked his disciples that day, and that Jesus is asking each of us today, who do you say that I am? Do we really believe that he's the son of God? Do we really believe that he wants to heal each one of us from our sins? That he wants to remove anything from us that keeps us from him? And that he wants to make us whole again and fully human? Do we really believe that he wants to save us here and now and at the end of our pilgrimage here? Do we believe that he's asking us to take that message into the world? If we do, if we really believe, then it will show itself in how we live, how we reach out to others, how we spend time with Jesus, and most importantly, how we love each other, the way that he loved us, sacrificially, hour by hour, and day by day, much like those whom we remember this weekend. So Jesus is asking us today, who do you say that I am? May our lives reflect our belief.